0: Last time we looked at Jonah chapter 1 verses 1 to 4. And uh, this time we're going to go back and look at verse 3 again a little bit deeper. Just to set the set the foundation for the rest of the book of Jonah. So at this point in verse 3 we have a, a greater problem of Jonah than the fish. The book of Jonah is about a greater problem than Jonah and the fish. It's not about the fish at all. It's about Jonah. God asked Jonah to go to Nineveh but instead he buys a ticket to Tarshish. God tells Jonah to go east, which is where Nineveh was from where he was at. Jonah decides to not obey God, and he goes west. The question naturally rises, why did Jonah do this? And there are several possibilities or several reasons we're going to look at. First, Jonah hated the Ninevites. He did not want them saved. And there was a basis for his hatred. Assyria is one of the most brutal nations of the ancient world. They were feared and dreaded by all people of the day. They used very cruel methods of torture, very cruel methods of handling their prisoners. They tried to extract information from very cruel, inhumane methods. One of the processes I've read about was they would take a man out into the sands of the desert, they would bury him up to his neck, only his head would be sticking out of the ground, and then they would put a thong through his tongue and leave him there to die in the hot sun. The penetrating sun would beat down upon his head with his mouth open. It is said the man would go insane before he would die. That was one of the the more humane things the Assyrians did. They did much more brutal and terrible things than that to their prisoners. We also know at this time the Assyrians were making forays into the northern kingdom. For a long time, the Assyrians were the northern kingdom enemy, and they fought against each other. But they finally came to an alliance because of the threat of the Assyrians to the north. Assyria eventually took over both Syria and Israel and took them into captivity. When the Assyrians were beginning to penetrate into the nation they hoped to conquer, they would make a surprise attack on the city and take the women captive, brutally slay the men and the children. We don't know this for sure, but it is possible this had happened around Jonah. It was possible that he had seen this happen. It's possible Jonah may have even known people that this had happened to, possibly family members. We don't know. Another reason possibly Jonah went west was, many may say Jonah's message to the Ninevites was a message of salvation, but his message was a message of judgment. And although it is true that his message was a message of judgment, Jonah also knew God. And because Jonah knew God, he went in the opposite direction. Why would he do that? Because Jonah knew God was a God of mercy as well as a God of judgment, and he was afraid and concerned that if he proclaimed this message of judgment to the Ninevites, that they might actually repent and turn to God, and God would show them mercy, and Jonah did not want that to happen. A third reason that Jonah may have went in the opposite direction, because he was a disobedient prophet. He was out of God's will for his life. Another reason is that Jonah may have disobeyed God. If you'd ever noticed that in the Old Testament, God never sent his messengers or missionaries to other countries. It was always to Israel, always to Judah. That is the method God used in the Old Testament. And then now to have Jonah being sent out of the country, perhaps Jonah just could not comprehend that. Why would God be wanting to show mercy to Gentiles? Wouldn't his time be better spent in his own country? But we know by a study of Jonah and his life that his own ministry was not that effective in his own country. So let's look closely at the illustration of Jonah. Here is a man who is out of God's will, who goes down the Joppa, He has no problems in Joppa. He finds a ship easily. He buys a ticket. No problems. He gets on board, goes to sleep. Everything is going Jonah's way at the moment, or so he thinks. How many Christians today, if they are having a difficult time, say, oh, I am out of God's will. If things are going easy and everything works out well, they say, oh, I must be in God's will. Well, I'm of the opinion that having problems may be that the devil is getting a little too uneasy. Because you are going in God's will. You are living in God's will. You are growing and you are being effective for God. That's why those problems are coming in. That's why the devil's throwing in those problems and those situations. I found this to be true sometimes in my life. Just because you are having trouble does not mean you are out of the will of God. Though it could be. But I found that is not always so. God's men down through the centuries, both in the Bible and out of the Bible, have not found the going always easy. Hasn't always been roses for the men of God. There have been a lot of difficulties, a lot of problems, a lot of men of God have suffered a lot, though they have been in God's will. Read in the book of Hebrews, And others had trial of cruel mockings and scourgings, yea, moreover, of bonds and imprisonment. They were stoned, they were sawn asunder, were tempted, were slain with the sword. They wandered about in sheepskins and goatskins, being destitute, afflicted, tormented, of whom the world was not worthy, they wandered in deserts and in mountains and in dens in caves of the earth. Hebrews 11:36, 38. We read also in Hebrews that some escaped the edge of the sword by faith, but others by faith were slain by the sword. You can always interpret your circumstances, your difficult circumstances, as you being out of God's will. Sometimes the most unfavorable, difficult, and sometimes deadly circumstances are right in the middle of God's will for your life. So now Jonah's ship. He's on the ship. It pulls out. I imagine Jonah thinking, hey, I'm getting away with this. I'm getting away from God's will. I'm leaving that behind. I do not have to go to Nineveh. Do not have to proclaim this warning. And I now know for sure they definitely will not repent and get saved. And then verse 4, again, But the Lord sent out a great wind into the sea, and there was a mighty tempest in the sea, so that the ship was like to be broken. But the Lord sent out a great wind. God was responsible for the storm Jonah was in. Here in the book of Jonah, God is using a storm. He is using it for a good purpose. God intentionally brought and caused this storm to happen in Jonah's life. And like we mentioned in our previous uh, part one of Jonah, god this was a form of God's mercy, form of God's grace. God was going to use this storm in Jonah's life to cause him to do his will. God was going to use this storm in Jonah's life so that the city of Nineveh could hear his word, so the city of Nineveh could have the opportunity to repent, and many might be saved. Now let's look at verse 5 in Jonah chapter 1. Then the mariners were afraid, and cried every man unto his God, and cast forth the wares that were in the ship into the sea, to lighten it of them. But Jonah was gone down into the sides of the ship, and he lay, and was fast asleep. Verse 5, cried every man unto his God. The ship's crew were all heathens, yet in this storm they were all going and crying to their God. They knew it was a time to seek the help of their quote-unquote gods. They were in a difficult situation. They were in a a, a deadly storm. They knew they needed to the help. They knew it was beyond their control. You know, it's the next part of the verse. It says, cast forth the wares. They threw the, what they were hauling, they threw that overboard in an effort to try to lighten the ship, in an effort to help them to better ride out the storm. Next, we notice Jonah was gone down. most was probably into the the hold or the cabin under the deck of the ship, and then we see was fast asleep. Jonah was probably quite exhausted and overcome with stress, which in many cases, ends itself or terminates itself with a dead sleep i know in many cases of my life at the end of a period of deep stress of deep uh trouble that you keep going you keep going you keep going you have to be on you have to take care of this you have to get through this point you have to do this and at the end of that whenever that period of rest comes you do fall into extremely deep sleep and i believe that's what happened here with jonah he'd been how how stressful it must have been to know he was intentionally running from god Intentionally going the opposite direction that God was directing him to go in his life. The conviction he must have been feeling, but also the conflict because he did not want to he did not want to go. He did not want to minister to these heathen people, these wicked, violent heathen people that, that may have done done evil, terrible things that people he'd known or are people he'd been close to. And here God was directing him to minister to them, to, to give them this this pronouncement of judgment. But Jonah also knowing that God was who he was would show great mercy and would be willing to to repent of of the judgment declared upon them and give them a chance to repent give them a chance to turn to him and jonah not wanting any of that was leaving but it had to have been a period of great stress a period of great great uh eternal conflict inside jonah so now let's go ahead to verse six so the shipmaster came to him and said unto him what meanest thou o sleeper arise call upon thy god if so be that God will think upon us that we perish not. Now this is quite a rebuke. A pagan had to get God's man to pray. That is quite a rebuke. A pagan had to call on God's prophet to pray. Had to call on God's prophet to get him to pray. That is a terrible rebuke, a terrible indictment of Jonah at this point in time. But you get to feeling that Jonah knew he was not right with God at this time. And he knew that him being not right, those prayers were not going to be heard. Probably why Jonah was not praying. But to be rebuked by a a pagan, or in our case it applied to our lives, a non-Christian to get us to pray. How far must we be from God if that happens in our life? Don't ever let that happen in your life. Always keep short accounts with God. And always make sure you're giving that good testimony for God. Don't run from God in a visible way to to heathens, non-Christians around you. You may be the only form of Christianity they ever see. Keep that in mind. Always maintain that good testimony. Maintain that good testimony, that open testimony of being a Christian to those around you. And always be able to go to God in prayer. Don't run from God like Jonah did. Don't run from his will for your life. Accept his will. Embrace his will. And do his will. Though his will may come with a storm, his will may not seem like, and this is not the easiest way for me to go. Or his will may take you out of your comfort zone. His will may take you into a direction you never wanted to go. His will may take you into a country or to a location you never wanted to go. His will may take you in the opposite direction that you were wanting to go. But if that is his will, that is what you need to do. You need to follow God, follow God's direction. You need to do his will. You need not rebel against God's will. Rebelling against God's will never works out well for us. We need to always be seeking his will always submit to his will, and always be willing to do his will. Rebelling against God's will could start us on a path where we get far from him. We do not want to do that. We need to be open. need to be sensitive. need to be willing to do God's will. But God's will sometimes may be hard for us to comprehend. God may use different circumstances to get you to do his eventual will. He may work things out to where you are doing something you may not necessarily understand, may not necessarily know why this is going on in your life, but God may use one thing to cause you to do a different thing. You need to always be open to God's will for our life. Never rebel against God. Never turn our back on God. Never knowingly go the opposite direction like Jonah did of God's will. As God's calling you to do, is calling you to do something, as God is directing you to do something in your life, submit to that call. Go in that direction.